Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of How To Be Sound. Before I get into the actual podcast where I'll be joined by Linda Conway, fashion stylist and ethical fashion queen, uh, I wanted to have a chat to you about a few podcasts that I've been enjoying lately. I did do a blog post a couple of months ago about podcasts that I like, most of which are murdery, but there are a few new ones that I've been, I don't want to just say discovering because as Liam keeps pointing out to me, everybody knows about them already, but ones that I have, I have discovered for myself that I had, that I had not previously discovered. <laughs> so one of them is WTF, What the Fuck with Mark Maron. Mark Maron is the guy who plays the director in Glow, which is an excellent TV show. Oh, excellent Netflix show. God, I'm so old. Excellent TV show. It's on Netflix. You know what I mean? I really fancy him, even though he's like totally problematic, right? But in his podcast, he basically chats to people. I listened to an episode the other day where he was interviewing Kristen Bell and he's just really delightfully um, grumpy in a way that I feel like other people wouldn't get away with. And by other people, I mean women, because sometimes I feel like I want to give out about things more on my podcast or that I'm like not in a great mood, but I have to kind of appear sunnier and happier. And Mark Maron obviously doesn't feel that. And for that, I really, really respect him. Another new podcast is Taranoia, which is by Tara Flynn. It's, it's on the Headstuff Network. And she is someone who did a lot of excellent campaigning for Repeal the Eighth, but is now doing a podcast not about Repeal the Eighth and not about political campaigning. And it's really nice and it's really interesting. And she also has a Patreon um, that she is looking for subscribers for, aren't we all? Sword and Scale is another really old one that I've just started listening to that goes through different crimes. I mean, I love good crime. Not against me, but you know what I mean in general. The State of Us is an Irish podcast by two friends, Jane and Ro, Jane and Roisin. In their latest episode, they called it Ask a Lad. uh, And it's literally what it says on the tin. They got Roisin's boyfriend to come in and answer a series of questions. And it was just really funny listening to the difference between how how women respond to a question. That like somebody would write in and say you know, I've been seeing somebody for three months, is it time to have the talk? And the girls would be going, oh, well, like, this is very nuanced. Like, does, you know, does she want to have the talk? Does he want to have the talk? And the guy'd be like, what do you mean? Like, she obviously wants to have the talk if she's asking. You know, he was just very like, this is like a black and white question. The girls were going, no, we really have to think. It was just, it was very, very funny. I enjoyed it a lot. Two more. And then, and then I'm done recommending podcasts other than my own, I swear. Uncover Escaping Nexium is a CBC production. That's the Canadian's those Canadians. And it covers one woman's escape from Nexium, the cult in which, remember your one from Smallville, whose name, um, Alison Mack, the actress from Smallville was arrested for basically recruiting women into a sex cult. It's an amazing story. It's so interesting. And this woman was in Nexium for, I think, 10 or 12 years, decided to leave along with her husband. And so a lot of it is based on her kind of first person accounts and exploring Nexium and how it got people in and how people left. And it is really, really fascinating stuff. And then the other one that I'm really enjoying was a recommendation from my friend Simone. She blogs at simonelovesmakeup.com and it's called Dr. Death. It's about a neurosurgeon in America who essentially didn't have a clue about neurosurgery and damaged slash killed a lot of people. It's a really interesting look into 
America and how afraid hospitals are of people taking them to court, essentially. And also just, I don't know, bonkers. It's such a bonkers story. So those are a few podcasts that I've been listening to lately. If you have any podcasts that you've listened to that you'd like to recommend to me, I'm always open to listening to new ones, but I don't care much for self-help. Or business because people are always trying to get me to listen to positivity podcasts. Uh, God, God knows why, and I've no interest. Now to the task at hand. The latest guest on how to be sound is none other than Linda Conway, former fashion editor of Stellar magazine, former fashion stylist, and current what is it, what is it that you do, Linda? Commercial well, manager. A commercial manager at VIP Publishing, but also owner founder of Stiel.com. An ethical fashion, an ethical fashion destination, would you say? Destination Destination sounds good, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Welcome, Linda. Thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for having me. We also have uh, Linda's lovely dog, Milo, uh, who is a... Cockapoo. Cockapoo. Mm -hmm. Milo's currently under the bed, chewing her bone, so if you hear a bit of a rattle, that's her. She may may come back to say hello again soon. I feel like, if I hadn't said that, I wonder would people be listening and be like, is that like Liam chewing something really hard? (laughs) Like, like like a gobstopper. Do you know what I mean? It's that kind of noise, like rattling around against your teeth. Mm. Anyway, when I when I have people on, especially if and when they're my friends, which nepotism, I've had a lot of my friends on. <laughs> I start by saying, "Do you remember the first time that we met?" Yes. Go on. I wonder is it the same? When yeah, they, yeah. Okay. Well, that's well, that's the whole so, thing. So, um, it was at an Arnett's fashion show, and it was in the Vintage Cocktail Club. It wasn't, I don't think it was very long after it opened. And I, I'd known who you were. I think you were still in the Times. Okay, yeah, I was, um, yeah. It was, it was underwear, wasn't it? It was kind of a boudoir, yeah. underwear thing, yeah. Yeah, I came downstairs after the show had finished and there was still kind of nibbles going around. We got introduced, I can't remember who by, and there was like little quail eggs. And I'd never had one before and I was starving. I think we had been there since like, I don't know, like 5am or something. Oh, because you were styling it, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, oh, what are they? And you were like, they're quail eggs, just eat it. And I was like... Oh my god! I was like, uh, I d- um, no, I don't. Jane, you're like, just eat it. Just put it all in your mouth at once. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and I just like swallowed it whole. And you were like, they're so nice. And I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like, this say, is um, awful. Hi, Milo. Milo's currently coming up to <laughs> I would say a lot of people's first memory of me is me being bossy. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I actually think there might be somebody else we've had in the podcast who's like, the first time I met you, you basically told me to do something. Like that, do you know what I mean? They were like, just just do it, it's fine. I'm so bossy. But no, I think you were just being like, oh, just try it. Like, stop going on about it. No, I'm sure I was being bossy. <laughs> it's okay. But that's not my first memory. What was it? Well, well, I think you're correct. My first memory of us meeting is actually at a dinner in Fade Street Social for for Smashbox, which which I'm actually think when I think about it now was yes, after that. It was. It was just it wasn't long after either, I don't think. But I kept confusing you with Justine King. Yes. Another stylist with long blonde hair. Yeah. Essentially because my brain only works one way. <laughs> and I'm like, stylist, long blonde hair, that's Justine King slash Linda Conway. Yeah. I was probably like, that's Justine Kingway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I remember I think I was chatting to you and a photographer, Johnny McMillan. Yes. And I was like, oh I thought you were anyway. Do you remember the goodie bag from that Smashbox event? Um, I remember there was um, a necklace in it from, it was Shutterbug at the time, Blonde Tennessee's yes, Folkster, like Folkster, yeah. 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 Um, and she had put in like a lovely little ge- a gift kind of in it mm-hmm. and Chelsea Bonus had done an illustration. Okay, you're remembering all the nice parts. I mean, all so, I, they were table settings. It was beautiful. Yeah, because yeah. I'm remembering all the makeup. Like okay. we got this massive bag full of like, there was... 
a palette, there was lipstick, there was mascara, there was eyeliner, there was so much Smashbox stuff. I remember bringing it home and literally laying it all out and being like, this is be, this is going to be worth like 400 quid. It was oh God, amazing. I don't, I don't remember that part. Yeah, because you're nice. And you're like, <laughs> I remember the craft and the effort that people put into it. And I'm like, I remember the money. But it was one, it was one of the best goodie bags. It was lovely, yeah. So tell me about you. How did you get into fashion styling? Because like one of the main things that I always thought about you was that I'd be like, okay, here's a stylist. She's working with Arnett's. She's styling, you know, kind of big shows. And you were what, like 22? Yeah. You're really I think young. I started when my first kind of big job by myself would have been when I was 20, 21, 20? Yeah. Um, Ridiculous. <laughs> eye rolling. Um, I, I hate started, young overachievers. No, I started um, interning when I was like 18, 19 with Angela Scanlon. She was styling at the time. And... To be honest, like if like it was what I had really you know wanted to do, and I, that's where I learned everything. Like by interning, you just like you just get stuck in. You get to meet loads of people. You see how things work. You see kind of the graph that goes behind it. So you're not kind of going in blindsided. You yeah, know? I think when a lot of people think about fashion styling, they assume that you need to either know somebody mm. or that you need to have a relative. You know what I mean? That you need to have an in. Yeah. In the Irish fashion industry, but you're from Galway. Yeah. So you didn't really have an in. I didn't have any in it was it was so how did you get in <laughs> I just emailed Angela like and I, I just followed up and you know like whenever I think the thing for people as well and for me when I was freelancing if somebody was emailing me from like Cork or Galway or wherever you know it all kind of takes place here in Dublin so you're like for your internship you're kind of just probably talking about covering the costs of like your travel or like getting mm-hmm. lunch on the day and if it was just for like a last minute shoot or something that was taking a few days, it would mean that either you're traveling up for one day, which is a big expense, or you you have to find somewhere to kip for a few nights. Yeah, yeah. But for me, I was just like, oh my God, just give me the opportunity to pay to stay up here so I can actually kind of get my, my teeth sunk into it. Yeah. So yeah, it was just like, it was great. It was great to kind of get the opportunity to do that. I was in college in Galway at the time and then I got advanced entry into a course in DIT in visual merchandising and... Um, oh my god, VM and something. Oh my god, Christian merchandising and display. Oh my god, <laughs> you've obviously that really used that bad. degree a lot. <laughs> I have used it so much. I know it was a great year. I think the thing that I really like about DIT is that they put a huge focus on actually getting stuck into the part of the industry mm-hmm. that you wanted to. And there are a lot of parts of visual merchandising that go alongside with styling. So two days a week was an internship with Angela, and at the same time I had applied to the London College of Fashion and I got accepted there but for me it was kind of like I just wanted to start working yeah so I was like just get my degree in a year and be able to do an internship at the same time it just kind of made sense yeah yeah one of the things that I will say about you though and this is something that I think is often kind of missed you know when you're talking about the advice that you would give somebody to getting into an industry or when people would email me when I was at Stellar and people still email me now asking how to get into freelance journalism or how to get into xyz And one of the things that I always forget to say, but that I think you're a really good example of, is be super fucking nice. Like, you are so nice. And I've seen you working. No, but I mean, like, (laughs) I have seen you working with your own interns. I've seen you working with models. I've seen you working with your editors and your kind of superiors, quote unquote. And you're always so, so nice. Oh, God. And I think that that's one of the things that gets people really far and that we always forget to mention. Because, I mean, I know, like, in Stellar as well, when we'd have interns in, you would love the ones who were going, I'll do anything. Does anybody want a cup of coffee? Do you want me to go to the shop? Do you want me to do this? Like who were just super nice and super willing. Yeah. And then you'd have other ones who'd be going, I'm kind of finished. Can I go home now? 
Yeah. And you'd be going, you're not, you're not going to be, well, I like, not that you're not going to make it, but you're not going to make it with us. No. Like, like we're not going to be, yeah. be investing our time and effort in you if you're not willing to invest your time and effort in us. Yeah. Kind of like, thing. I feel like it's, it's like the attitude that goes alongside with, you know, trying to get into any industry, not, mm-hmm. not just like media or fashion or whatever it might be. I think just having a bit of graft behind you. The dog, sorry, the dog is doing the cutest thing. The dog is lying under the bed, right? Like flat on her belly like a soldier. And her back paws are stretched out behind her. But like, I'm actually going to take a photo and try and share it on Instagram when this goes live because it is the fucking cutest thing I've ever seen. Milo is having none of this, like of this podcast. She's like, look at me. (laughs) We were a few minutes late because she wanted to make friends with everybody on the way as well. Oh, see, you see, like, dog like owner. She's nice too. (laughs) I don't stop and talk to people, strangers on the street. (laughs) (laughs) I'm actually imagining you walking along and be like, hello, I am Linda. um, Like, like, like Amy Adams in Enchanted, you know, walking along going, hello, oh, hello, kind sir, hello, lady. (laughs) That's pretty much how Linda lives her life in my head. Floating around. So then you were you were freelance for how long? I was freelance from let's see. I was still there was kind of a, a period where I was still kind of doing some work with Angela and it started kind of doing my own freelance work. And I think then one of my first big jobs by myself was when artists launched their shoe garden and I styled the shoot for that with Barbara Parry for the Independent. And that was amazing. And from there it just kind of started to kind of roll it was like oh my god maybe like four years and that's a really big I mean you know for your first shoot not to be oh like I styled a shoot for D-Side magazine it's like oh I styled a shoot for Arn it's like that's pretty big yeah well like I mean I had done loads of testing before that it doesn't just you know you you don't I guess get to kind of just walk in and be like oh I'd like to do this this work for you you so what's testing testing is okay so you kind of I guess that was another amazing thing for if you're looking to get into styling from interning you will meet other kind of junior photographers hairstylists makeup artists on shoots you get to kind of then organise small shoots together okay from interning I think one of the other great things for styling is that you get to know the people in this in the shops mm-hmm. so if you want to do a shoot if you build a really good relationship with you they are more likely to loan you those clothes because they trust you and they know you and you're not just kind of coming in and being like I've decided I'm going to be a stylist and I'd like to use your clothes they're like they're not going to give them to you yeah. they, they don't know who you are and it's a funny kind of thing like you usually work off a lot of samples but they're not going to give those to somebody that they don't know that mm-hmm. they you know they want to know they're going to come back in really good condition and they're going to be returned as soon as possible and yeah. they're going to get credited appropriately yeah. and, and you're going to yeah. bring them back when you said you would they're going to be clean exactly did you ever have stylist insurance speaking of which I did I can't exactly remember how it worked because I just had it for a period when I was freelance. And at the beginning, like, I, I don't think I did. I was like, you're just kind of finding you just your take feet a chance and you're figuring well, it out. Yeah. yeah. I got stylist insurance because I used to do a good bit of styling for Expose. And I got insurance at one stage because I was borrowing, you know, I'd be borrowing from Brown Thomas and, you know, quite expensive stuff. And I was yeah. like, fuck, if this 800 euro dress gets damaged, I'm only yeah. getting paid 250 euro for this segment. Yeah. I'm going to be screwed. So I got stylist insurance and I only ever had to claim once when... One or twice, actually, um, I did a show and a goat dress. I think one of the assistants I had, and this is kind of something as well that I think when you're styling, you really have to take all the responsibility yourself. One of the assistants I had left this dress in her car overnight and it was really, really cold that night. The dress got kind of like frost on it. You know what I mean? Okay. And it got damp and then it got stained. Oh, shit. So I had to buy that. Yeah. And then a pair of shoes I had on a shoot where we were shooting in Emma 
you know, in the maze, but on the cobblestones oh, yeah. and the soles of the shoes just all got puckered. Yeah. You know, I had them taped so you tape the soles of the shoes so they don't get dirt on them. Yeah. But they were suede. It's like, stupid, why do they make soles of shoes so soft? I know. But once something even small like that happens to you, you're like the fear is in you oh, then. Oh, I know. And you're so like particular about everything and making sure, like a stylist kit is kind of quite extensive. So you would have kind of like your scarf rechanging and your tapes and your clamps and whatnot. But like yeah. everything has to be specific to the fabric as well, you, you know. So. I used to do Isn't tights. That? I used to do tights for changing, which is like a bit S&M, but I'd be like, here, put these tights <laughs> over your head and then yeah, put this dress on. It's very yeah. handy. yeah. Yeah, because it's quite thin and like tights down so much you can do them even after the makeup is done. Yes. You know what I mean? They yeah, don't they're just, not going to damage They don't ruin it. the makeup. Yeah. And then, so from freelancing, you went into Stellar. Yes. Yeah. And how long were you in Stellar for? I joined Stellar in 2014. Yeah, 2014, May 2014. So I was 23 when I started there as fashion editor and Kiss was still there. Oh yeah, um, of course it was yeah, for the two mags. Yeah, so it was really nice. Like it was, it was, it shortly, soon after it left, it was gone. Do you think it was your fault? I think it was all my, I, know, <laughs> I hope not, I know. Um, I guess it was just that audience, you know, that kind of was, was moving yeah. onto online. But yeah, Stellar, um, Stellar is still, I'm, I'm still there. Yeah. From being a freelance fashion stylist to being the fashion editor of, say, Stellar and Kiss magazines, what was the difference in terms of your day-to-day, you know, did your week look very different? Was it much more relaxed or was it much more hectic or... I wouldn't say it was it was either or it was it's very different being freelance and being in-house being freelance you're constantly thinking of different people you're trying to communicate with so Mm -hmm. you could be styling a shoot for you know you're aiming it towards an audience who is say 50 plus or you could be doing something that is like a kids fashion show um so they're actually a really really nice gig they're so sweet yeah and then when you go in-house you're, you're communicating to like just one particular kind of audience mm-hmm. and it's a monthly magazine which some people might think is you know oh there's loads of time or it I think that working in a magazine looks very glamorous from the yeah. outside but like we have a very small team and everybody works really really hard you know you mm-hmm. you you worked on Stellar as well yeah. um same across I think all Irish publications we don't have mm-hmm. the pages of staff that yeah. you would see on like you know you in the UK and it's actually American amazing this magazine. is something that I that we, that we talked about when Kirsty McDermott was on the podcast we were talking about when you open up a magazine and you look at the mass and you look at the number of staff the yeah. sheer number that they have in like Glamour or L well Glamour or IP kind of um, or L magazine or Vogue and they have 50 people working on it yeah whereas in Stellar we had what four or five yeah including the fashion assistant yeah so like it's, it's and that's including a, design as yeah, well. Yeah, so and it's like, amazing content. Like mm-hmm. I, I always feel like, and not just Stellar. Like I obviously like still like I love Stellar, but like Irish magazines are amazing. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're just incredible. Like it's it's so sad to see. Like recently, when You Magazine mm-hmm. left, I mean, it, it was a great a great magazine, and like yeah, yeah. Yeah, what else did we lose? We had Prudence at one point. Prudence, that's gone. Um, you Magazine. What was the Image Wedding Magazine? Bash. Bash, that was so beautiful. But they do image weddings now once a year or something, don't they? I think they still do a wedding publication. I'm not exactly sure. I just would have, I remember Bash, I remember the first issue and Ashling Frianella did that incredible shoot and... Oh, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was a really beautiful magazine. It was, yeah. it was kind of like um, Pinterest yeah. in magazine form. It was. Which, which I thought was quite interesting because it was as if they were going, well, this is what's really big online. Let's see if it sells in print. Yeah. And I, I'm not sure if online translates that way. You know, because yeah. I think people who buy print magazines love print magazines. Mm. And people who go online don't really care about print. And I don't know if they're ever going to... I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess I think that 
having both is really important. Like, I feel like what what Stellar is doing really well and other publications is that we have that gorgeous print, you know, copy there that you can, because there's something really still gorgeous about being able to pick Mm -hmm. the magazine and flick through it and come back to it and, you know, tear something out, you know, like whether it be a recipe or whatever, but then being able to go online to get your more kind of newsy bits and just, you know, have that kind of clicky relationship with you know your favorite publication that we that you can be on every other platform yeah yeah Yeah. I get you and so tell me about steel how did did steel come about so steel is Um, s-t-i-a-l-l dot com and it means uh to strip back um (laughs) so steel was something that was kind of on my mind to do for for ages really it was kind of Um, percolating wasn't it because I remember you talking about it a little bit when I first started I I guess um I kind of get like I like doing stuff all the time or like and I get kind of bored quite easily so I'd been styling for for ages and although it's an ever-changing role and the fact as well that we'd kind of come to a time where digital was becoming a lot more prevalent Mm -hmm. you know and that brings a whole new set of you know challenges it wasn't that it wasn't still interesting it was that I just felt a little stuck and I knew I wanted to kind of explore kind of different avenues. So I did a master's in fashion branding and luxury management and a module in it was about ethical fashion and sustainability. So when I went in then to my next year of the master's, there was the option to kind of study that further. Um, That's what I did. I was like, then just started reading loads about it, researching loads about it um, and used it as my dissertation then. And was this master's all online? Yeah, it was through a college in London. So it was great. It was like it was, you know, flexible enough for, you know, I was still working full time and doing freelance work as well. So it was just a bit, you know, like probably a bit hectic. It was a bit mad for like two years, but you could kind of work it around your own life, Mm -hmm. you know. So, yeah, from there, I was just like I knew there was something there that I really wanted to kind of bring more so into the Irish market. There's been amazing stuff down through the years like redress and, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we are Islanders have, you know, like it's a very focused kind of collection. But I don't know, I guess it was something for me that I I was like, well, I am relatively new to it. I'd only been kind of researching it or, you know, kind of become very interested in it in the space of like two or three years in in sustainability. And yeah, and I just felt like I couldn't find a platform that would give me information, like answer what might be deemed the silly or stupid questions, Mm -hmm. but not make me feel like I was doing silly or stupid. Yeah, but also like not make me feel like I was doing a bad job because I wasn't doing everything right. You know, I get you like you were trying to make better choices and you were trying to make more informed choices, but you didn't want like kind of an eco warrior essentially to be like, well, it's just not good enough, is it? And it is really hard because I think there's a tendency whenever anybody speaks about or writes about ethical fashion, there is some kind of assumption that you're then going to, like you said, do everything right. Because, I mean, I've talked about ethical and sustainable fashion a bit on my channels. I don't really talk about it anymore because of, you know, for this specific reason. Mm. But I would say, you know, I think it's important to try to buy things for longevity and and to think more about fast fashion and, you know, not kind of buying into those trend, 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 trend. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, I would be in pennies and I'd go look at this cute pencil case and somebody would go, I thought you were buying ethical fashion. And I was like, well... I mean, I'm talking about buying less and I'm talking about, you know, considering your purchases more, but I can still look at something and go, that's cute. Yeah. And it's like eight euro and maybe I'm, maybe I'll buy it and maybe I won't. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, but there was very much like, once you talk about ethical fashion, you must do every single thing in your life exactly right or else we won't believe you or we'll think you're a hypocrite. Exactly. It's really stressful. 
it's, it's so incredibly stressful. And I think as well, the thing that really played on my mind at the start of it was that I was still a fashion editor. So mm-hmm. I was still styling shoots that would have had what would be considered in some cases like fast fashion brands. Yeah. And I was really torn about it. And I remember speaking to one of my friends about it and just being like, like, I don't know what to do. Can I really do this project, you know, Steel, that I, I feel really, really strongly about while while still, you know, being involved Doing in the, fashion pages that are yeah. like, buy it now for less than 20 euros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what we had kind of, I guess, talked about was that well, by being in the industry, I understand it. And also, I wasn't just throwing pages together. I wasn't just going on and finding things that cost 10 euro and lashing them down. It was, I was putting very considered things onto each page mm-hmm. and I really believed in them, you know? So I was like, if you do really love the colour orange and, you know, this is 20 euro, you know, I didn't write beside every item. Please wear this 28 yeah, yeah, times yeah. if you're going to buy it. Point but like, note. you know, I just like, I think I became even more considered in everything that, that you were, featured. That you were including. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I mean, obviously there's nothing to say that you can't shop ethically and think about sustainable fashion while also buying the odd thing in pennies or H&M or Topshop. But I suppose... Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The whole mentality for me behind it is, I really try now not to buy something for tomorrow. You know, like yes. when I was younger, I used to go, oh my God, I'm going out tomorrow and I, and, I, and I want to get a new dress. Totally. So, so I'll now think, like, I'm going for brunch tomorrow, right? So I'll go... Well, do I have nothing to wear for brunch? But if I have nothing to wear for brunch with the girls, and that probably means I have nothing to wear if I go for drinks with the girls or if I go for dinner. So I'll think, can I get, you know, a nice dress or can I get something that I could wear to all these different things? And I'll think about it and I'll try it on and I'll think about it some more and then I might come back to it in a week and buy it then. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I do try to be slower about it. Yeah, being more like considered in your purchases and like... Yeah, not kind of try, trying to, I suppose, fight against the impulse without ruining your relationship with loving maybe like fashion and beauty. Yeah. And that's the thing like which deal our thing is like taking kind of sustainability and ethical fashion off its pedestal. We're really just trying to, I suppose, kind of break it down and, you know, not make people feel like crap about buying something that isn't, you know, 100% organic cotton. And yes, it may be the better option and maybe you will get to that stage with it. But like, 
don't feel like crap if if it's not for you yeah. right now you know yeah and I mean sustainable fashion unfortunately as well isn't always accessible for everyone yeah. because it is there is a barrier there and I think it's something a that needs to be barrier. acknowledged about it yeah you know? there's a financial barrier there's an access barrier in terms of it's much easier to go into pennies and buy something than it is to find sustainable fashion brands in Ireland mm. um and it's also size wise yeah there are, there are limitations. So like pennies now do up to size, I think kind of 24, don't they? They've they've expanded Not their sure. size range recently enough. In some ranges. Marks yeah, and Spencer maybe. does a, like a much bigger curve yeah. range now. Yeah. H&M does quite broad sizes. New Look is very good. Yeah. Um, but when you go to sustainable fashion brands, you'll often find, or I'll often find that they'll do small, medium and large and the large is like 12 to 14. Yeah. So it's something that I think is improving. Yes. But the fast fashion brands that can buy things in bulk are always going to get there before yeah. the smaller niche brands. Yeah. I think as well... What, what I've learned from it is that buying from sustainable and ethical brands, Milo's really making a fuss here. She's like banging herself around. Um, oh, she's, just, she's just found um, a piece of antler belonging to Quillan that she's decided to eat. Oh, that's fab. fine. That's fine. Uh, yeah, I think that you need to be a little bit more certain about your style because you may be very often paying a little bit more for yeah. items. Now, for me, I think for, for basics that I have now come around to kind of say reinvesting in, I am going to make sure that, you know, for like my, my white t-shirts or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be, that they will be they will be fair trade, they will be ethically sourced and so on and so forth. They'll cost a little bit more perhaps, but I guess that it's my way of, you know, I didn't throw out the t-shirts I had before, but when I need a new one, I'm going to, I know that I'm going to get loads of wear out of it. It's yeah, worth yeah, the investment. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I do think also psychologically, the more you spend on something, and I'm not saying that we should all be buying like 800 euro dresses, but the more you spend on something, I think you're less likely to throw it in the wash with a red t-shirt. Yeah. You're less likely to... Really take care of it. You're, yeah, yeah, you're more likely to take, take care of it. And you're less likely to like, like I'm terrible for spilling food on myself. I'm turning into my mother. <laughs> but if I'm wearing something I really love, I will notice that I'll like tuck a napkin into my top like an old man. <laughs> but you know that I will think about it and I'll be like, I love Put this your top. Bib on. Whereas if it's something kind of shitty, I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'll just throw it in the wash. Yeah. You know, like, like yeah. you have a real whatever yeah. attitude to stuff that A, you don't love that much and B, you haven't spent that much on because you're yeah. like, I can just buy another one. I think it came mad. with like the like Instagram culture as well, though. Another side of it is that people who are like kind of going out all the time and they want like a new outfit and they're like, mm-hmm. well, I can't, I went out in this I don't want to be weekend. photographed in the and same outfit. Yeah. Yeah. But we also do have have the media to blame for a lot of that because do you remember when Kate Middleton would be would be spotted in the same pair of hideous nude shoes? Yeah. And the media would be like, Kate Middleton recycles her shoes. You're like, she's not recycling. She's just wearing the clothes she owns. Yeah. And I mean, I think that for me, I'm like, I like that they're promoting the message that it's like, you know, this isn't groundbreaking science. The woman has a dress. She likes it. She wears it, you know. Yeah, but it was but almost like, it's like the, the mess- way. Yeah, it's yeah. the way they tell you. It's like, this, this is, is unusual. Oh my goodness, what is yeah. happening? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and I remember seeing um, an Irish blogger once answering. She was doing a Q&A or something. Uh, I won't name her because I'll just tell you afterwards, Linda. <laughs> no, I mean, it doesn't even matter. But um, she was talking, she was, she was doing a Q&A and somebody asked her, oh how do you have so many fab outfits or something and she said oh well as a fashion blogger I I never wear the same thing twice and I was like as a dickhead you never wear like what (laughs) just because you I mean fashion blogger has now become the term for somebody who has photographs taken of them in clothes yeah whereas it used to be somebody who wears cool clothes and takes photos of themselves do you know what I mean that it used to be like Here's an outfit I wore to brunch. Mm. Whereas now it's, here's an outfit I wore for this 
block yeah. for this photograph rather yeah, than here's how I wore to work. Yeah. And it used to be so much more interesting because it was like, oh, what do these people actually wear? Whereas now it's like, what does this woman who looks like a model dress in today for yeah. her blog? But like also, I suppose, I know maybe it's because we're quite immersed in it considering like the industry that we're in, but like I do Immersed, think... obsessed, <laughs> potato, potato. <laughs> but I do think that I'm just bored by it because a lot of people dress the exact same. Oh yeah. So I'm not excited by it. I was showing somebody, another Irish influencer, and I, I was covering her head and I was like, can you tell me who this is? Okay. And I can't remember who it was, but she named about five. She was like, it could be any of these five people. Okay. And I was like, yeah, because they all look, and like their Instagram pages look exactly the same. Yeah. So unless you see their faces, and even, I mean, you could see a lot of their hair. And you'd be like, still not really sure if that's that person or that person. Okay. Do you know what I mean? But, you know, I guess as well, though, I know we're saying like in the Irish market, but like, and I find like the Scandi style a little bit more exciting I don't know why I shouldn't say exciting because like it's literally like grey jumpers. I was just and about jeans. to say but it's like, exciting to, me, to that's you like, because you I'm love like, monochrome oh. and stripes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you could probably say the same for them. It's like kind like of cookie cutter. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I do think there's something more interesting in somebody who, like, when I went to Copenhagen, I remember oh looking around and being like, "Oh my god, the girls just wear jeans so well." Yeah. They're all wearing these like straight leg kind of boyfriendy jeans yeah, just and just like so striped cool. t-shirts and runners yeah. yeah and they looked so cool and I was like what like it's almost more challenging though to to look stylish in like total basics do you know what yeah. I mean and it was about like how you accessorize how you wear your hair yeah. what earrings you're wearing what your makeup's like you know it wasn't so much I'm wearing a very on-trend dress it was yeah. like what I'm wearing isn't mattering so much as how I'm wearing it yes <gasps> They were just put together That's so, so well. quotable. I, that, that is quotable. You should write that oh down. God, I'm going to turn that into a print and sell <laughs> this should. limited edition for Christmas. And how is Steel going? It's good. Are it's you millionaire like, yet? I wish. Wouldn't that be amazing? I like. I that would. Yeah, it'd be great. No, I'm not. I don't think you. I don't think you ever become a millionaire from sustainable fashion business. <laughs> What about uh, Ali Hewson? Well, she was probably a millionaire already, actually. That's a bad example. Colin Firth's wife, isn't she big into... into well, though, she's probably a millionaire Livia already. Firth. Okay, listen, yeah. just Look, erase no, I'm that not, whole part. I'm not Rosemary. The next coffees are not on me quite yet, but... You know, you know when I interviewed Louise O'Neill, I, and I hope she listened to this, when I, when I interviewed her for my podcast, I asked her... You were her like, are you rich yet? Yeah, no, no, yeah. I asked her, was she a millionaire yet? Yeah. And she didn't say no, Linda. She said, you can't ask me that. But you can't ask people that without warning them. <laughs> well, I had to I had to not warn her. And I mean, the thing is as well, if she had got annoyed or like if you had got annoyed, we could just take it out. That's okay. the joy of podcasting. Oh, you could good. go, Rosemary, fucking delete that. And I'd go, okay, Linda. <laughs> Linda would never say that because she's too nice, as discussed previously. But how is it going? I mean, have have you found, is there an appetite for it in Ireland or what are the challenges that you've, that you've found? Yeah, so I think that people are definitely really interested in it. And like... I feel really lucky like I I I think I started it from a, a privileged position in that I knew a lot of people in the industry from mm-hmm. from styling and yeah, whatever course. but um like Constance Harris did a, a beautiful spread in Life magazine of a shoot that I had done with Ailish McCormack uh, Debbie O'Donnell from Expose gave me a gorgeous thought on Expose for it like so I've been really really lucky in that way that I was able to reach people you know mm. um and did you see much of an uptick from Expose and or Life magazine I definitely think that having a brand like Steel on platforms like like that 
makes it normalizes it yeah so putting something like that beside a slot about how to wear a cord this season Mm because it's so popular it normalizes it and it doesn't make it this big scary thing for people you know so I definitely found that people would be more engaged then and they'd, they'd come and they'd ask questions like everything that we have on the site it started as like just a content-based kind of place we now have kind of a small online shop um but we're doing a redesign at the minute so it's going back to work focus rather towards more content so okay. it still has like the the e-commerce side but um I just felt like the reason I started it was because I felt like there could be more information that yeah. wasn't preachy that um, you kind of want to spread a message as well as yeah. giving people options of things to buy yeah yeah so the e-commerce is more of a, a complementary side to it okay. than, than the whole focus of it so we are going more back to, to content okay yeah sorry yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know that, that, that was a roundabout no 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 answer. but that's but that's interesting and did you get many supports from the government you know did you get any grants or any I'm, no. I'm just always interested in how people set up new businesses and um no I didn't I basically was just saving for it for since the idea had come into my head so it was all it was all self-funded yeah so it's what a slog no 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 I'm just going god that's so hard like I'm like god I have ideas all the time but if I had to save for them that'd be a nightmare (laughs) but you know what it makes you it makes you really really put everything into it not saying that if I had gotten a grant like if anybody wants to give me one like fab but no I get you you wouldn't have been like oh I got a grant it doesn't matter but the fact that you had to save for it is like yeah. well, this is my project and this is my money and my time that I'm investing in this and yeah. so it makes you very careful yes yeah, yeah. You're, you're very very like aware that every cent that goes in any direction you know and also I feel like it was the kind of business that I had to be very careful with you know like I needed to make sure that the packaging was recyclable and you know like I know, all the things, so that, many things that go with about. it. Yeah. Um, there are so many things in a business. Like I have a very like romantic idea every other week of a business that I would love to set up. Like because you know me, I love. I'm you like, love obsessed. doing things. I love doing things. Being friends with Linda with... is hard. She always wants to do things. No, it's true. <laughs> but I'm obsessed with books on like business, and I'll listen to like entrepreneurship podcasts like I'm every. Just other always day. trying to get me to listen to them. I'm like, no, I'm listening to my murder podcast. I'm, I'm boring, by the way, but. Um, <laughs> But um, I'm like me or you, both of us probably. I have this ways. romantic idea that things can be done so quickly, and it's like, oh, and then I've done that idea. Whereas when I started to come up with which deal, things just started adding up, and you know, costs would add up, and blah blah blah. I was like, oh my god, you know, this is like everything takes so long. Oh yeah, oh, you just wanted to do it yesterday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it takes so long. You have to be really, really patient, and I'm not patient. I was about to say I'd probably be quite patient, but I just think I'm quite lazy. You're not so it's lazy. different. Mm, no, I am about because like so so Liam and I um, have an idea for a project that we want. Well, I well I have an idea for a project that I want us to do together. Okay. And I've had like it's been about two years now that I've been talking about this, and Liam's like, "Have you actually done that one small step that we need to do to start this thing?" And I'm like, "No, but that's on my list to do this weekend, and I just never <laughs> ever do it." And I don't know if that's like, am, am I just a terrible procrastinator? I think I'm just really lazy. No, I think it's that sometimes as well, you know, when you leave Linda things... Linda is so alone. nice. Listen to this. Like, no, no, no. You're not lazy. No, but when you leave it a little bit too long, it's just like, oh, I put that on the long finger for a week. It can, last. It can wait another week. It can wait another month. You know what I did the other day? So I have this really faulty email system where when I get emails from people and I know that I need to get back to them, but it's not incredibly urgent. I yeah. will star them in my Gmail. I'll put a little okay. star in them, right? The other day I went through my starred mails. 
and I found emails from July last year. Oh my god! That I was like, I need to get back to that person. How do you sleep at night? No, I mean, like, I would, I would be no, like no, no. waking up in hot I had, sweats. I had read the emails, so they were unread because I don't like to have. No, no, so they were red because because I don't oh, like okay. to have unread. You know, yeah. like when you see someone's phone and it says 1067 yeah. in red, I'm like, that's not yeah. relaxing. But uh, these are all just starred. So I went through it and I had to e- email people back and go, I'm very sorry that it's taken me <laughs> over a year to reply to your very simple and basic question. And like some people had emailed me and gone, I'm trying to get into freelance journalism. You know, do you have any advice? And I'd be like, I'm definitely going to get back to that person. And then I'd have to email them back You're and go, like- are you still thinking about this? <laughs> I mean, like in a way, I hope it's happened for you by now. But if it hasn't, let me know and I'll give you that advice. Studying culinary arts. Yeah, yeah, and also it's like because I really think you should go into journalism. My God! Or or, although maybe they were very encouraged by how busy I seemed. Yes. Like, oh, that journalist must be doing so well because she only wrote only wrote back to me a year later. But you wrote back to them. That's nice. Eventually. Yeah, but like, I think if I had left it that long, I'd be like, oh. And some of them were like. I had starred one where um, I, I'd been invited by the PR from Fallon and Byrne to go to the new Fallon and Byrne Rath Mines and have lunch. Yeah. And I started that going, I'll get back to her. And I almost emailed her back to go, when can I come in? And then I was like, <laughs> hang on now, Rosemary. She emailed you that like six months ago. You need to just write back and go, I'm very, like, thanks for the invitation. I'm yeah. very sorry I didn't get back to you. Yeah. I have been in and it's lovely. And it's I have so been nice. in and it's really nice. Yeah. yeah. I know the little car that they serve the ice cream out of. Lastly, yeah. last but by by no means least, um, tell us about let's let's do a little steel plug. So steel autumn winter eighteen. Yes. Tell me three things that you think everybody should buy from steel. Okay. So we have these amazing crossover knitted skirts. They're all like organic and beautiful and cozy. They're kind of knee length and there's gorgeous kind of like oversized jumpers to go with them. They're in like marrow grey and black. Of oh, course. lovely. There's some nice little colour pops in there some Ooh. gorgeous stripes I don't think I've ever heard you say colour pops before that's a very stylist I know isn't it? stylist thing oh, to say yeah. it's all coming back to me <laughs> um, and what I think my favourite piece is this like very large chunky knit jumper dress and it's in stripes again but it's like blues and pinks and oranges it's like the coziest, biggest Blues thing. Blues and pinks and oranges. It's awful. It's amazing. No, just I'm, go no, no, no. <laughs> I'm actually just shocked because I don't think I've ever seen you out of black, grey or white. I know. But like, I couldn't create the site just for me. I think no, but, but others enjoy colour. But that's and tough, isn't it? And I am learning to enjoy colour. <laughs> but I think, like, I, I think as somebody who owns a shop or who is a buyer or, I mean, anything creative you do. It's really difficult not to just do it for yourself. Oh, definitely. And sometimes yeah. you do just do it for yourself, like this podcast. Yeah. That I just interview people who's, who I want to hang out with and want to ask questions. Yeah. Um, but it's even like when I would have, you know, been styling shoots, I would like have an outfit together and I'd be like, oh my God, this looks amazing. Like I would never wear it, but, yeah, you know. Whereas I, I think that's why I was not a very good stylist, because I would only ever put together things that I would wear. Do you know what I mean? I'd be like, that's But that works very well that. for blogging, no? Because you have a, a certain well, style. It works well for blogging if the stuff looks good on you, which it doesn't always, to be fair. Like, I've definitely seen photographs of myself that I've been like, what the fuck was I wearing? Haven't we all? But also, I feel like when you look at yourself in the mirror or like that clueless idea that you should take a Polaroid because it's more reliable. Yeah. I feel like there should be something in your house that as you're getting dressed, when you have your outfit on, right? So you say, tick, I have my outfit on now. Yeah. 
and you go and you make yourself a cup of coffee or whatever and there should be like CCTV in your house that over the next 10 minutes takes a sneaky photograph of you when you're not looking and then you can look at it before you leave the house and go oh fuck I look terrible because when I look in the mirror mm-hmm. I do a certain face and I stand up really straight and I like hold my stomach in and I'm like I look great and then somebody else takes a photo of me that I didn't know they were taking and I'm suddenly like that skirt does not fit me when I'm sitting down normally you know what I mean yeah. so like I feel like your house needs to sneakily paparazzo you so that you know you look terrible before you leave the house because you look I different don't think I in the mirror I would ever leave the house yeah then. good point actually like I would just be like I need to change again okay so that's not one of my best business ideas one of my best business <laughs> ideas is that sure. changing rooms in shops the mirror should not work until you're ready so the mirror should okay. just be a black wall yeah and then when you are ready yeah. You press a button and it turns into a mirror. Because I have seen too many times like shots of my arse in a thong when I'm trying to get a pair of jeans on. You know what I mean? Yeah. When I'm like trying to reef a pair of skinny jeans up and I'm jumping. I'm doing the jump thing to get my legs into them. Yeah. And then I catch a side of myself jumping mm. with my jeans half on and no top on in a mirror that I'm not ready to be looking at. The dressing rooms with all the different angled mirrors. Oh God. I'm like, I, that is basically what, what you're looking for. You, you don't want like a paparazzi in your house. You want a full angled mirror going around you. In my house? No, but like you were saying that before you leave the house, you want different shots of different sizes. <sighs> yeah, you. but... But I think it's the most... I hate them so much. I'm no, like, I never yeah. see myself from that angle. So all is well. Why should anyone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just need to be ready. I need to be ready for the changing room mirror because I find changing rooms like stressful. I'm trying on clothes. Yeah. I'm trying to... You know, I'm trying to get in my comfort zone. I'm trying on a dress that I would never otherwise dress. I don't, I don't like need. Yeah. No, I don't need to see myself with my mm. bra like half on. As for underwear, like bra shopping is even worse. Yeah, I really like Arnett's though for that. They're oh, yeah. like, they kind of They're like, very nice. Yeah, they just kind of mind they look after you. you. They're like, yeah, I'll yeah. bring that in for you there now. Yeah. They're just, yeah, yeah and they are very sweet. nice. And I do not like shopping, so. You're like the worst fashion person ever. What? <laughs> But this is actually our whole talk about changing rooms is why you should shop online at steel.com. Thanks for three. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> Linda, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to me. Thank so you. So people can find you at steel.com. Yes. Online on Instagram. Are you underscore steel underscore? Yes. And what about you personally on Instagram? I'm just Linda underscore underscore Linda underscore Conway. Underscore Linda underscore Conway. I had it as Linda C stylist and then oh, I yeah. changed it because I'm not really doing that much styling anymore. Like a few brands, but like. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I've noticed a lot of people moving away from having stylist or MUA yeah. in, in their usernames. And I think there's a bigger conversation to be had about how we are moving away from being defined by our professions in a way. And it's almost like us ourselves are yeah. becoming the brand. Like we're becoming the work I think though it's something that happens when you're kind of a little bit younger like for Mm. me when I started out being able to say that I was a stylist was like all of my dreams had come true at once whereas when you get a little bit older there's there's other things I like cooking I enjoy walking my dog you know but I'm not going to put in listening to motivational business books (laughs) coming up with business ideas I'm a wow at parties doing things (laughs) she is she is very good good at a party she came to my 30th and she was really not well Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. Thank you so much for coming on How to Be Sound. And for those of you at the $6.66, I think, level or higher, uh, you can pop on to Patreon and listen to a mini-sode where Linda's going to be talking about her favourite trends of the season ahead. Linda, Juicy thank you so bits. much. <laughs>
Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of How To Be Sound. I really appreciate you listening, but you know what I appreciate even more? If you take the time to rate and review on iTunes because it really helps other people to find the podcast and then it might get up the charts and then you never know, I could have a really lucrative ad and be able to retire and go and live in the Maldives. Although that would probably be boring, but you know what I mean. Could be nice. And thank you as always to my wonderful producer Liam who manages to stay silent and also smile and laugh at appropriate moments uh, throughout the recording of this podcast. He has a new podcast in association with the Bram Stoker Festival. It's called Fangs and it's coming out on October 1st. You can subscribe now wherever you get your podcast. That is Fangs, like the teeth what vampires have. You can, as aforementioned, become a patron. And if you are at the $3.33 level or higher, you get your name read out at the end of every episode. So you get semi-famous. Oh, and I've also added new tiers. So I think if you give more than a tenner, you get like a little Instagram shout out. So if you feel like you really want your 15 seconds of fame, I could give that to you for a price. But now I'm going to read out the names of the lovely people who have donated at the $3.33 level or higher. Thank you so much to Claire Murphy, Sandra Cashman, Dina Walker, Kira Norton, Katya Valadeau, OCM, Joanne, Eva Campbell, Marita Leonard, Sharon, Katrina Kennelly, Sean O'Hara, Claire Hegarty, Sharon Lennon, Katie Joy, Eva Bradley, Neveni Gowan, Eva McBride, Dervla Kinsella, Kira Byrne, Eva Connolly, Carly Colgan Bates, Louise White, Roseanne Smith, Roisin Blade, Sarah Marr, Kate Stapleton, Neve Shine, Kathy Burke, Ashling Dynam, Janney Lanagon. Angela McKeever, Neve B. Leonard, Leanne Kiley, Fiona Louth, Sarah Breen, Jill Murray, Claire Gormley, Sarah O'Donovan, Anya Kelly, Sarah McCann, James Gallagher, Michelle Barrett, Sonia Mary, Breed Gallagher, Sinead Fegan, Ashling Dollard, Marina Hogan, Sarah Hanrahan, Heidi Gardner, Eleanor Farrell, Karen Craigan, Kyra, Kira, Kyra McGuinness, Sarah Conroy, Timmy Hennessy, and Avril Flynn. Thank you all so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time. This is the story of Dracula, a creature who destroys all whom he touches. Well, not quite. This is Fangs, the pop culture podcast about Dracula. In the 121 years since Bram Stoker's book was first published, there have been a crazy number of adaptations. In film, TV, video games, theatre, opera, musicals, puppets, cartoons, comics, literature, any medium you can think of, Dracula has been adapted into it. I'm having serious doubts about this whole vampire theory. Join me, Liam Garrity, to sink your teeth into Bram Stoker's pop culture legacy. One of the characters accidentally swaps blood in the reincarnation ritual to catch up, and therefore creating a vegetarian vampire with no thirst for blood whatsoever. If you're going to suggest I pour blood on my porridge, or I shall be forced to order you to leave the room. He was sitting in his apartment, kind of figuring out where his career was going to go, and he, he wrote this amazing Dracula musical. <laughs> but he had to have puppets. <laughs> this is supposed to be Dracula's house, and yet there's blades swinging from the ceiling that you have to like dodge past and everything so why does Dracula make an assault course out of his house just really loves a challenge in the morning when he's gonna get his breakfast I'm the super sweet monster with the super sweet new cereal Count Chocula wow this is this is Bram Stoker this is my relative this is what he has brought to the world do you know why they call me the Count arguably the puppet Count's obsession with counting things can be linked back to Eastern European folktales about vampires Fangs starts on October 4th with a new episode every week in the run-up to the Bram Stoker Festival in Dublin, Ireland. Don't ask him if he knows Frankenstein. It's racist somehow. You'll find Fangs wherever you listen to your podcasts. So subscribe now on bramstokerfestival.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 